Business, the blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arne Heiskanen and my guest is Jeff Mintz, CEO of Enviralastic, a Minnesota company manufacturing construction products from recycled plastics. Great to have you on the podcast, Jeff. Thank you. Good, uh, good to be on the f- podcast. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Well, uh, first of all, can you say a few words about yourself and how your company, Enviralastic, came about? Sure. Uh, well, first, I want to make uh, it clear I am not the inventor and the innovator. Uh, I am the CEO. Uh, this company, Enviralastic, is founded based on some advancements made by a gentleman named Paul Schmidt, who is the technology expert at our company. And Enviralastech is, uh, has a, an advancement in both formulations and processes that allows us to make a plastic compound that has some extraordinary characteristics. And we do so with entirely in, uh, recycled materials. And when I use the word recycled, I'm talking about post-consumer recycled materials, truly recycled materials. Everything we use to make our uh, products is something that was previously used by another consumer, whether it's plastic or glass. Uh, We don't use any biodegradable materials. We don't use any wood fills. And we don't use anything that is uh, first-time use with the very small exception of uh, paint or coloration. Uh, So far, as far as I know, there's no way to uh, recycle paint. Mm. If there were, we'll use it. Okay. (laughs) So, um, uh, when was your company founded? Uh, The corporation was uh, created in 2011. And uh, we're still in the startup phase. I joined the company and acquired a majority interest and became CEO just uh, January of 2016. All right, yes. Well, you mentioned that you use plastic waste. Uh, uh, how big, big is the problem of plastic waste in, in the USA today? That's a great question. And there's so many ways to answer how big of a problem it is. First, I would say that plastic waste is a global problem. It's not just a problem in the United States. Uh, And uh, when I say that, I want to, uh, I think the best way to discuss the issue is really to talk about some statistics regarding our oceans. It's uh, been determined that about 90% of all of the trash that's floating on the ocean's surface is plastic. And on average, there's about 46,000 pieces of floating plastic per square ocean mile, which is really an incredible thing. Uh, it's uh, clear that too much of our plastic waste ends up in the oceans. And 10% of the plastic that's generated annually ends up in the oceans. That is an astounding figure. Uh, inevitably, that's going to create problems for uh, all sorts of uh, ecological issues and wildlife issues with regard to the oceans. In the United States, 
Americans throw away approximately 185 pounds of plastic per person per year. As a nation, that's more than 60 billion pounds of plastic each year. And 10% of all of our waste is plastic. What's uh, truly troubling is that despite all of the efforts to create recycling programs, the United States only recycles about 6.5% of the plastics that are made. <clears throat> Relatively little plastic is recycled, but, and that's partly because well, there are numerous types of plastics, and uh, we don't recycle all of them, and there aren't great uses for many of the types of plastics. In the U.S., we have a system where plastics are numbered ones through seven, ones being things like milk jugs and water bottles, and we do a little bit better of a job with regard to the number one plastics, and there are more uses for number one plastics in the recycled world. There are very few uses for plastics three through seven. Uh, and what's interesting about our company is that we're able to use all of the plastics. Uh, we only choose not to use PVC as a recycled plastic, and that has to do with its toxicity when you melt it down again. Uh, for reasons of worker safety, we're choosing to avoid using PVC. All right, so th that was actually my ne next question. What kind of plastic can you use in your process? So it's not PVC. Not PVC. Uh, we, we use everything else, and uh, our formulations allow us to use all of them uh, in varying amounts. And we are hoping that by creating uses for particularly the, the underutilized plastics, that uh, our communities will start to recycle more of the types of plastics and create uh, a greater stockpile of that stuff instead of having it ending up uh, either burned or just in uh, landfills or dumps. Yeah. By the way, where do you, how do you get your raw material? Is it, uh, what is the process, the logistical process? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, consumers recycle and uh, we've gotten much better in America at uh, having people separate out trash from plastics and paper. And paper and plastics are, are uh, recycled, and particularly with regard to number ones and number twos. Those are recycled and collected, and the, the, typically the government entities, the cities and towns and counties, have a sorting facility and those materials that are sorted out as plastics that are recyclable uh, get uh, get back into the market for companies like ours that can utilize them to make something new. Uh, so our vendors for plastic include regional sources, uh, the commercial waste haulers and the processors, as well as some private industry vendors that are now in the business of selling recycled plastic pallets. Most of the plastics that we use uh, will be raw recycled, just bundled milk jugs and pop and uh, water bottles and uh, other uh, raw recycled plastics because we're able to process them ourselves. But there are processors out there that do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, without uh, uh, talking about your industry secrets or uh, what can you explain your manufacturing process and what makes it special sure 
like many other companies, we use extrusion for production. What makes our product unique is the formulation, which does not use any kind of a wood fill or any biodegradable ingredients. We use minerals like uh, glass or fly ash, which is the byproduct of the incineration from the trash, uh, from the, uh, uh, trash process. When they incinerate the trash, what's left over is a highly dense uh, carbon fl fly ash. We can use glass and fly ash as fill in our compounds in extremely uh, high percentages, much, much higher than the rest of the industry. So what's, what's unique about our process is the degree to which we're able to utilize the glass and or the fly ash uh, to combine with the plastic and make a very, very sturdy, durable product. Uh, in that regard, because we don't use biodegradable ingredients, our products don't warp or rot or mold or decay. They're not subject to the types of problems that the plastic compound industry typically has when they use wood fill. What's also different about our product is that we, uh, when we do need a color, for instance, in a deck board or on siding, uh, our coloration is mixed in in the extrusion process. And so our end products are 100% colored. In other words, if we have a board that has a red hue to it, it is red inside and out. And when you cut it to size, the ends don't need to be repainted or sealed. They're already watertight. They're already the same color as the outside. And that is an advantage in a number of ways. Uh, for example, if somebody is installing siding on their house, when the when you look at the siding industry currently, there's uh, low-end products like aluminum that are not used much. They don't hold up. And there's a common vinyl siding, which is a good product, but it's relatively flimsy and it doesn't perform well in cold environments. As you mentioned, I'm in Minnesota. The temperature today here is six degrees below zero. And in super cold environments like this, uh, if you come in contact with vinyl, uh, it's going to crack and it's going to uh, fail. And so while it's widely, widely used, it's certainly not used on the mid and upper end homes. The much more durable products that are on the market today are things like Hardy Board, which is a uh, fiber-infused concrete product. And LP SmartSide is probably the industry leader in a plastic compound siding product. LP SmartSide is a wood-filled product. Uh, and so it has the need to be, once cut, it has the need to be stained or painted on the end to be sealed. And even when you do that, eventually the paint fails and the board absorbs moisture and it expands and contracts and rots and molds and warps. And we don't have those issues because our product doesn't have anything that's going to uh, decay like, a, like wood. It's not going to absorb moisture like wood. So our product, when we cut it to size, can be installed immediately. It doesn't need to be painted and there's no delay in, uh, in sealing the ends, and it doesn't need to be 
uh, repainted over time like other products would. We don't need any special tools for installation. So in short, it goes on quicker, it lasts longer, it requires less maintenance. And one of the wonderful things about our product is when, if the, the, the use that it's been put to comes to an end, in other words, when the rest of the house fails, if they want to take off the siding and uh, get it back to us, we can recycle it, we can chip it up and use it again. So not only is our product uh, from recycled materials, our product is in and of itself recyclable. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Uh, so you mentioned already that your products are uh, uh, for siding and decking. Um, and um, what kind of, what is actually, what are the dimensions, for example, that you're providing? Well, when I, siding and decking are examples. We can make any kind of dimensional lumber, uh, basically, uh, whether it's a two by four or a two by six or a four by four, whatever dimension is needed, we can extrude in that dimension. So we're able to make alternative lumber products for the construction industry for sill plating or uh, for forms for concrete. Uh, we can make whatever length or size or shape you would want in a dimensional lumber type product. And uh, they can be used you know, for decks, they can be used within the walls, they can be used for sill plating, they can be used uh, for siding, uh, multi a multitude of uses. We also make uh, bricks, and blocks and pavers and uh, those products, uh, whether they're going to be used for a sidewalk or as uh, as a, uh, a driveway or a parking lot, are also excellent products and hold up much better than your traditional clay brick. Yeah, that, that sounds really interesting. Um, uh, what about the uh cost factor we are naturally naturally talking about the life cycle cost i guess uh, but sure. how do you, how do you how do your products compare with more traditional alternatives the best uh the best example i could give you can could be with regard to siding again in the siding market there are products at every level we're certainly going to be more expensive than the aluminum or the vinyl but those aren't really comparative products in terms of performance. Uh, the products like the fiber-infused concrete or the wood-filled plastic compounds are our competition, and we're less expensive than those. So not only do we have superior performance, but in the products that are of the uh, of the, the of the products that are closest to performance to ours, our product is less expensive. Right. Um. Well, the obvious question is, where can, you, where can our listeners buy your products? <laughs> and here's the fun answer. Nowhere yet. <laughs> uh, we are truly in the startup phase. In fact, uh, the reason that I became more involved with the company and, and uh, uh, increased my investment and became CEO was to help get the, the product to market. The inventor, uh, like many other inventors, is not necessarily a businessman and doesn't uh, had been trying for several years to find investors to get launched and 
uh, wasn't getting as far as he wanted as fast as he wanted. When I took over, we completed getting the money needed and uh, secured all of our financing and began our construction. And the factory will be open in late April of 2017. So we're just a few months away from being in full-scale manufacturing. Uh, we did previously have a small R&D facility, but that was not uh, sufficient to create enough product to bring to market in a profitable way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. so your concrete plan for the future is to open production, yes? Yes, we we are in the process of constructing the facility right now. And we have uh, a very uh, firm completion date in April and the extrusion machinery and the other equipment is all either on route or in the process of being built. And we will be in full scale production by April, no later than May 1st of 2017. Yeah, this this was certainly very interesting. I'm I'm sure that once you start producing, uh, I'm I'm sure there will be a lot of interest in your products. Uh, but uh, right now, where can our listeners find more information, and how can they contact you? Sure. Uh, first of all, anyone interested can give me a call in the United States at five zero seven four two four two six six four, or they can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at envirolastech, E-N-V-I-R-O-L-A-S-T-E-C-H, dot com. And we'd be happy to uh, share more information with anyone that's interested and uh, keep you guys apprised of when we're in production and able to provide product. Uh, I did want to mention one other thing, too. Uh, among other things that we're working on uh, that will hopefully be able to bring to market uh, within a year or two are uh, two other specific products. One is seawall blocks. Again, I, I have a high interest in our oceans, and one of the problems with the rising sea levels is that the infrastructure at the perimeter of our country and many countries around the world needs reinforcement. Most of the seawall blocks that have been built are concrete and reinforced steel. They function, but they decay. They have about 25 years before you start seeing failure, and they need to be either repaired or replaced. And if they continue to do that with concrete and reinforced steel, concrete's porous. It's going to take on water, and particularly in salt water, it's going to decay faster. And the reinforced steel is going to rust and fail. Our product won't have those issues. And so we'll be able to provide a superior seawall block to assist with the protection of the lands from the oceans. And, for example, uh, the, the Fukushima nuclear plant, I think they tripled the size of their uh, tsunami wall uh, after that event. Uh, but it's going to be in need of constant maintenance because of the materials used. Our product could be used, and that wall will last thousands of years instead of just a few decades. Another product we're working on, mm -hmm. which, again, for cold climates is an important thing, uh, Minnesota, we have great range of temperatures. We have very cold winters, and we have very warm summers. 
and asphalt as a road surface, uh, it uh, develops potholes every year. The reason that potholes develop is because some of the ingredients in asphalt have different uh, expansion and contraction rates in uh, temperature change. And so when it gets colder, pieces shrink more than other pieces and create cracks. And when it gets warmer, they expand more than other parts of the asphalt. And those uh, differences in the expansion and contraction result in cracking. And the cracking allows for water to get through, and the water gets through and uh, erodes the subsurface, and you end up with small sinkholes or potholes, and the surface fails. With our product, if we replace some of the minerals like the river rock that are in the asphalt, our petroleum-based plastic compound product is going to behave more like the petroleum-based other products that are part of the asphalt formula. And in theory, that's going to result in fewer potholes because the expansion and contraction will be more uniform throughout the product. So that's still in research and development, but we're hoping to be able, within a couple of years, to bring to market a superior asphalt product that will allow us to have roads that don't fall apart. Oh, well, nice. That's something that we would also need here in Finland. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking uh, with you and um, all the best to your business and future. Thank you so much. I appreciate you reaching out to us and uh, keep doing what you're doing to help make the world aware of the advancements that are being made. Mm-hmm.